Praise God for our young adults, Sister Cassandra, Brother Darrell. God bless you. Awesome video. Thank you. Well, we want to welcome you this morning to the house of God. Uh, on behalf of Chapel of Change, we welcome you with open arms. And if you're here for the first time, God bless you. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to see what Chapel of Change is about. We have a free gift for you in the lobby uh, that includes a free CD testimony of our lead pastor, Pastor Brian. So make sure if you've not yet picked up a gift uh, to do so today after service. I want to take a, a moment to acknowledge uh, my 12-year-old son who's in the sanctuary. And I want to say that his eternal well-being keeps me on my knees praying for him and asking God to make me a better mother and a better disciple maker. So I hope that you came this morning expecting to receive a word from God uh, found in his word. And if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up. Uh, I'll get into our primary uh, scripture in a moment. Um, but I want you to, if you have a pen, paper, to begin to write down some notes. I, I believe that God will speak to us if we engage and intentionally ask God to teach us and to help us understand his word. Um, open up your Bibles to the book of uh, Romans chapter 12, um, and then just hold it there for a moment. Romans 12, verse 2. And hold it there for just a moment. I want us to understand that the Bible in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him, speaking of the Lord, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Did you catch that? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power, his power at work in us. Did you catch that? Above all that we can ask and above all that we can think. You see, what we think matters to God. What happens in the realm of our mind can either help us or it can harm us. What happens in our mind can, can actually lead us to either victory or defeat. So I want us to understand this concept because it's very easy to get wrapped up in the idea that as long as we are born again and confess at the altar one time that our entire life is going to change. But that's not how it happens. Our mind, which is a part of our soul, has also a big part to do with our life. And so I want us to see this because even Apostle Paul said that when it comes to the realm of the mind, there is a warfare that is taking place in our mind. He goes as far as to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, he says, For the weapons of our warfare, 
He's talking about the spiritual warfare that you and I are engaged in, whether we realize it or not. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning not of this world, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. For pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments. Another translation for that word is imaginations. And guess where imaginations take place? In the mind. He says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I want us to get this picture because when we think of taking every thought into captivity, we need to literally picture that every time a thought comes into our mind, we need to put it under arrest literally and spiritually and saying, where did this thought come from before it goes any further? We have the responsibility to do that. God's not going to do that for us. Why? Because he's given us his word. We should know through studying his word what is from him and what is not. So we take these thoughts into captivity in order to make our thoughts obey Christ. Now let me remind us what a stronghold is. If you're taking notes, it'd be a good idea to write this down. A stronghold is a sustained, faulty thinking pattern based on lies and deception that is fortified by demons to ensure the victim remains in that condition. Did you catch that? And when demons build fortifications around a certain thinking, it is this kind of condition that makes the word of God of non-effect non or of no effect in your life. Why? Because the victim hears the word of God but is compelled to keep thinking a certain way as a result of a stronghold. I want us to catch that. And so Apostle Paul says that we're to bring every thought, not some, but every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now this morning, our topic is on mindsets. And I want to help us as much as God has helped me, and by his grace, understand a little better how mindsets are formed and how mindsets are renewed. So now, let's turn to Romans 12, verse 2. And I'm going to be reading this morning from the Amplified Classic Edition. Thank you, Lord. We ask for your help, God. We ask, God, that you would help us, that you would awaken our soul, our mind, that you would stir our spirit, God, that something would change, that we would not remain the same, God, that we would move from faith to faith and glory to glory to ultimately glorify you in our life. God, have your way. 
In Jesus' name. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, meaning changed, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Notice this word entire. So when we come to Christ, the goal is for us to be transformed. But how does that happen? It happens as we begin to renew our entire mind. It doesn't happen in one, in one sitting or a casual glance of the word. It happens as we engage in this process of renewing our mind in its entirety. We can't be satisfied with one aspect of our life that's changed. God wants our entire life to be changed. He wants us to be transformed into the image of Christ. And so it includes our entire life. And to do this, our entire mind must be renewed. Listen, we cannot expect our life to be transformed carrying the same mindset we had before Christ. It's not going to happen. If we're still thinking the same way and the same thoughts that we were as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult, if you're older, you cannot expect to have a renewed or a transformed life if your mindset is still the same. You can't. And I'm, we're going to say it over and over. Your mind, you have to change the way you think. That's part of, that's part of spiritual maturity. The way that we think. In Ephesians chapter 4, 17, Apostle Paul says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, meaning unbelievers, in the futility of your mind. Of your mind. And then he goes on to verse 23. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he's telling us this because our mind has a part to play in our spiritual transformation. Apostle Peter and the other apostles will say in the scriptures all throughout, I remind you again. Over and over. And do you know what that word remind means? To put you back into remembrance. To, to, to put something back into your mind. In other words, what, what goes into your mind affects the quality of your life. He's saying, I'm putting you this back into your mind. I'm putting you back into the remembrance of God's word. I'm putting it back into your mind for a reason. It has to go through your mind. As it goes to your heart. 
mindsets. What are they? A mindset refers to ideologies, viewpoints, and perspectives. Ideologies, viewpoints, the way we see things, and perspectives. And as a follower of Jesus, we must passionately, not passively, passionately pursue God's perspective. Not our perspective, not our opinion, not how we see things, not how we think about the world around us, but how God sees it. It must be his perspective. And that's why he says that we are to renew our mind, and we do so with his word. Now, I want to look briefly at how mindsets are formed And then we'll look at some practical ways to renew our mind. That's the good part. That's what I really want to share. Because I'm telling you, this was birthed out of prayer. And I said, Lord, help me. Help me. Before you get it, I get it. And I say, Lord, and and, and I, I study, I break it down, and I say, God, is this real? Is this you? Is this true? I begin to put it into practice. I begin to put it into practice. And when I see God begin to do some radical changes inside me, inside my thoughts, my mind, and in my life, then I say, thank you, Lord. And then I feel compelled to share it with you. So I want to get to that, but I want to kind of give you some background first so you kind of understand. I want to paint this picture for you of how mindsets are formed because we need to understand this. Now, mindsets are formed by many things, but I'm only going to highlight three very important things that I want us to see. Number one, mindsets are formed by culture. The culture around us, society. The things that are happening outside of us and coming even into our homes through uh, social media and the television and the music that we listen to. All of that affects our mind. All of that impacts our mind and how we think. And so if someone is constantly sitting down in their living room and watching a television show that is outside of God's will, his perspective, and you're allowing your mind to be fed by all of these things, then you are not pursuing God's perspective. You are allowing the the perspective of the world to form your mind. That's just how it is. And I'll explain what I mean in a moment, but that's how, that's how it works. We have to understand that it's not just neutral. It's not neutral. It's affecting us. We can say on the surface, well, it don't bother me. I'm not going to do that, or I'm not going to say that. It is. It is. You just don't realize what's happening in the moment. But in the background... You can best believe that the devil is mocking and laughing. Why? Because he's got a scheme and a plan up his sleeve. If you've been listening to the armor of God teaching, Pastor Brian has been sharing about this. That the enemy does have schemes and plans and devices. And he comes at an opportune moment. In other words, not when you're ready, but when he knows you're ready to fall. So we got to actively think about what we're allowing or the culture allowing to, to feed us, 
to feed us the, the ideas of this world. We cannot let them become our belief system. The second thing is our past experiences. Whether good or bad, I'm just giving you some insight. Our past experiences will affect us one way or the other. I remember when I was uh, 17 years old, my, my mom bought me a car. And I was working, and I remember I was so excited. And it was a nice car. It was in good condition. And, uh, you know, it looked cool. I was a teenager. It, had, it, 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 was a, it was like a charcoal gray color. It was a Mazda 323. You know, it had some tinted windows. This was before Christ, okay? It had some chrome fit Apollis. I didn't even know what those were. I remember driving down the street and somebody, you know, from their window asking me to roll my window down saying, hey, where'd you get those rims? I'm like, uh, they came with the car, you know, and so I guess people like the car. Well, one day I had to take it in to get serviced and I, I never forget. It was that one day that I had to go straight to work and I left my car parked and in the parking area right there. It wasn't like out in a, you know, an alley, but I came out after work and my car was no longer there it got stolen and they took the car and for two weeks I didn't know where it was but they took everything the, the, the rims I mean everything even the back seat and um, can you believe to this day when I park my car I make sure my alarm is on and, and I make sure there's nothing visible because I had a lot of nice stuff in there and and I think about it and I'm like well, you know, ultimately, I trust God if somebody takes that car. But why do I, why do I find myself always having to turn that alarm on? I, once, twice, it's a mindset, okay? It's a, something that I still have to work through. I'm going one at a time. I'm going to show you how to do it. But that's a mindset. So I don't know what happened to you and what your experience has, has been, but it will affect you. Whether you remember when it happened or not, it will affect you. The things that you do. And then the third thing is associations. Now, we know in the word of God that bad company affects or corrupts good character. It just does. So the people that we hang out with are the people that we will eventually imitate. We will allow their opinions to form our or to become our opinions and their thoughts to become our thoughts, and pretty soon, their mindsets become our mindsets. That's why it's so important who we hang out with and who we imitate. And that's why Apostle Paul says, imitate me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so who are you hanging out with? And who are you imitating? Is it good? Is it, is it good character that you're imitating or is it bad character? You know, we say this to our, to our children all the time. Watch out who you hang out with. We say that for a reason. There's truth to that. We have to be careful who we associate with. Now, we can love people, and I'm not talking about people we minister to and want to help. I'm talking about who we live life with on a day-to-day -day basis. We have to be very careful who we choose to associate with because they will eventually impact our mindset. Our realities, our realities are framed by what 
and who we believe. If we believe that what they are doing is okay, then we're going to do it. So we have to be careful what we are actually or who we are actually listening to. Now let me share something a little further. There's been scientific research and studies from a Christian perspective that explain how the human mind functions. Okay, and there's two parts, two main parts, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And they say that the conscious mind works similar to a computer programmer, gathering information and integrating and storing it by the means of certain functions, specifically perception, there's that word again, and evaluation, perception, how we see or discern and judge things. That's what that means. And it's responsible for approximately 10% of the decisions we make. Now, this is research. You can study this on your own, and I encourage you to do so. But the subconscious mind, they say, is described as the database that stores and keeps information indiscriminately. Do you know what that means? Indiscriminately. It means that it cannot distinguish between truth and fiction, fact or fantasy. Whatever comes to the thought, to the thought life, it just stores it. It keeps it in that subconscious, that database. It's going to keep it there. It's not necessarily in that moment saying, okay, this, okay, this is right. No, 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 no. That's a separate process. That's mind renewal through the word. But what's taking place when you're watching something on the television, it's feeding your mind and you're seeing it and you're understanding it. Okay, that, that's not too bad. I'm not going to do that. And then it ends up in your database or your subconscious. And somehow in your subconscious, it's telling you, you know what? what it's okay because it's really not just separating it from fact or fiction it's making you think that it's okay because it got lodged in there in the deepest part of your mind it's lodged in there it's in there they say if one consciously knows what to do how to do it and have reasons why it should be done. And these thoughts are contradicted by the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind will prevail. See, this is the battle of the mind. You came to church. You heard the word. And then you go home and you live a different type of life. Why? Why is that? Because what was in your subconscious determined 90% of what you were going to do. It determined that, and so it was in there, lodged in your mind. Listen, you can call it what you want. If you don't like conscious or subconscious, then call it surface-level thinking and deeper-level thinking. But you can't expect to change how you think by only addressing your surface thoughts. You got to go deep. Listen, when I was and still am going through this process of mind renewal, God gave me a picture of a shovel, and he said, you got to go deeper. You got to go deeper. And the Lord began to tell me that I must be willing to go through the process, the deep process, 
It means it doesn't happen the first time or the second time. You've got to stay with it. You've got to stay with it in the presence of God with your Bible open and your notepad open and your, and your pen ready to write like a student. You've got to stay with the process of going deeper. We must be willing to even study our thought patterns and how they got there. And we're going to get to that in a moment. We must be willing to ask God to expose any and every hidden lie that's in our mind. We must be willing to deconstruct and dismantle strongholds that have been built and allowed God to renew our mind. We have to. Listen, this is one of the reasons why many Christians live a defeated life. Like this is, this is it right here. This is a major part of why so many Christians live a defeated life. Because they have no idea how to renew their mind. They hear it in Romans 12 too, but it really doesn't resonate because they haven't spent the time to ask God how this actually works. We have to. Listen, God loves you. He doesn't want you to stay in that same old mindset because it's affecting your life. It's affecting the quality of your life. It's affecting the quality of your marriage. It's affecting the quality of your parenting. It affects everything about you. And so God wants us to get a shovel, so to speak, and be willing to put in the effort and dig deep. Someone say, dig deep. You got to do it. You got to do it. So, how do we begin? All right. Number one, or I should say A, because I've got this kind of, I, I want to make sure I don't miss anything, how God gave it to me, right, is, is we start. So, here's the process, and then I'm going to walk us through points. So we start by asking ourselves individually some basic questions about how we think, what we believe, and how, based on that, we interact with people. Simple. And then we write it down. Let me give us some examples. You can ask yourself. Do I think it's okay to lie? And you can write down your answer. I don't think you would readily just say yes. But here's what you begin to do. You ask God, well, I know that your word says I shouldn't lie. As a matter of fact, you said all liars have their part in the lake of fire, you begin to look up scriptures that have to do with lying. And we're going to get to the points. But though that's an example. You can also ask yourself, do I believe I am valuable to God? Some of us have this just, uh, uh, just this wrong, distorted perspective of ourselves. 
because we didn't have a parent that loved us. We didn't have somebody to affirm us and to encourage us. We just felt like we were worthless and our life didn't matter. That is a lie. But you got to ask yourself that question. Do I believe that I am valuable to God? And then answer it. And here's another one. Do I try to control or manipulate people? See, we got to get real in every area of our life. And so you ask yourself this question, do I try to control or manipulate people? Like, do I try to somehow get people to, uh, to do what, what I'm telling them to do for my benefit? Like, you may be doing that or you may be the victim of that, but the, the point is you need to see it. So if you do that, some of the ways you can tell is, well, you give people money. It's a gift with a string attached, which doesn't really make it a gift. All of a sudden, you begin to wave money in front of people, and now you're expecting them to do what you want them to do. That's control and manipulation. And it's a form of witchcraft. People don't realize that. Don't get caught up in that trap, please. Don't, get, don't be a victim of that. Not good. So as you begin to ask yourself these questions that God begins to, to, to stir you up or, or bring to your mind, you, you start writing the answers down. And then what you do is you search the word of God regarding that area. And you choose a specific scripture and write down what it says. You write down what that specific scripture says, okay? So if you're dealing with lying, for example, then you search for scriptures that have to do with lying. And the moment one resonates and God says that's the one, you write that one down. And we're going to do something with that scripture. Now these are the points I want to walk you through. You're going to do something through the word of God. We're going to begin to take these steps of mind renewal through the word of God. If we can go to the next slide, please. These are the practical steps to mind renewal that I want you to, to understand. Number one, God has given you a specific word. And so what do you do? You begin to ponder it. That means you begin to reflect upon it and you begin to study it. You begin to understand the deep meaning of what God is trying to say through that scripture. Not what you think it means, but what God says it means. And so you take out some study resources. We'll be glad to help you if you need some resources. You can take out a Bible concordance. Yes, you're here. And it's a, a teaching 101 on mindsets. You get a, a, a Bible dictionary. And you begin to break down what some of these words mean. Listen, this is part of doing the work. Okay? This is part of the process. So don't get nervous or don't get, you know, thrown off by saying, I got to study. Yes, you do. And so you get some resources to help you understand the word of God. Listen, this is for your best interest. This is for your best interest. This is how you're going to renew your mind. And then as you begin to understand what God means, then you begin to pray. 
and you begin to pray and you begin to ask God to help you understand where these old thoughts came from and these ungodly attitudes and actions, where these are coming from. You ask God those questions, Lord, why do I think this way about that, about lying? Like, why have I believed that it's somehow okay? Did I hear somewhere that a white lie is okay? Did I hear something somehow that exaggerations were okay? And so God will begin to tell you it's either a lie or it's truth. There's no black and white. And so that's how you begin to pray and ask God to show you and help you understand. So you pray, you walk and talk, or you sit, or you kneel, and you talk, and you say, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And you engage in that process, conversating, communicating, and interacting in this life-renewing, life-changing um, conversation with God. And he'll help you says, you draw close to me, I'm going to draw close to you. I'm, I thank you for bringing me in. I love you. I want to be part of your life, and I want to help you. Number three, picture it. Listen, I don't think for the most part we have engaged this part of our mind renewal. So I want to share something that I've learned, and even something that Pastor Brian referenced on his Thursday night teaching in the armor of God. But here's what we do. We ask God to show us what the scripture would look like if lived out in our life. We ask God to show us the whole picture of the scripture, this specific verse, and how God wants it to be carried out in our life. So you say, Lord, show me, show me, help me. What would I look like? Telling the truth all the time. What would I look like to not be a liar? What, what, what would that look like for me? What kind of a person? And God will give you an image. He'll give you a picture of what that looks like. Oh, God, he is, he's amazing. Remember I started by saying in Ephesians 3.20 that he's able to do abundantly, above and beyond all that we can ever think, ask. Another translation says, imagine, according to his power at work inside of us. They say that a picture is worth a thousand words. It's how they communicated in the ancient Hebrew language through word pictures. Pictures are powerful. There's a picture, for example, that Pastor Brian shared about chaos. And the image given for that word chaos was this. It was like a, a, a W but a bit a little bit longer and in other words it was like chaotic waters it was raging waters raging waters it was like chaotic it was giving a picture that's how they communicated with pictures back in the ancient days and so when you saw the picture you understood what the word was so when you're reading the word of god you ask god give me a picture give me a picture and God will begin to give you a picture. You can either draw it. You don't have to be an artist. Lord, what does this look like? And write it or he'll give you an, an instant visual and you can capture it somewhere, maybe online, you know, of what God is showing you that looks like. And then 
you can go as far as number four to place it in a visible spot. What do, what do I mean? You have a scripture. Now, I know some of us have scripture frames around the house, and that's beautiful. But I'm talking about mind renewal. So you're going to put the scripture that God is dealing specifically with you about. And you're going to get that scripture, and you're going to type it up, or you're going to copy and paste it on a document. And then you're going to get a word picture or a picture, an image that God has given to you. And you're going to put it on that document. And this is my recommendation. You print it and you put it in a frame and you put it somewhere that is visible. Whether it's your kitchen, on your desk, in your bedroom, wherever you can see it. My kids have started to see these around. Where'd you get that picture? Where'd you get that picture? They asked me this morning, where did that come from? I'm telling you. Something happens. It, it, the images awaken our soul and they begin to stir up our spirit and they begin to impact us in a profound way. They just do. Why? Because God gave it to us. He gave it to us. And it's not just any image. It's the one God gives to us. Because he knows what's going to provoke us inside to pursue his perspective in a passionate way and begin to do that. Which leads me to number five is we practice it. Some of us have been stuck in certain uh, uh, faulty uh, patterns of thinking which uh, has affected our behavior, our actions, and how we respond and interact with people at home, somebody, at work, on the freeway. And if we don't have the word of God before us and a picture God's given to us and reminding us that God is dealing with us because he's helping us to renew our mind in this area, we're going to be stuck. And we're not going to change. And we're going to say, well, if God wants to change me, he'll change me. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. He has given you the keys to the kingdom. Turn it. Just turn it, please. Use it. Put it into practice. As we prepare to close, I want to call Brother Edwin. By the way, Brother Edwin, thank you for leading us in worship as well. You're anointed. I want us to utilize the next few moments that we have just downloading whatever it was that God spoke to us about. And we're going to enter into a short time of reflection because we want to capture this. And we want to say, Lord, can you really help me? And he'll say yes. Why? Because it's his promise. He says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. You begin to put these things into practice. You'll see a breakthrough. You really will. I want to, I wanna, as we prepare to go into our time of reflection, have this final um, slide put up. You probably can't see it that well, but I took this picture and you know where that's at? In my living room. It's in my living room. It's a wall scripture. I've had it there since last year. And it's the first thing I see every time I come into my home. If I come through the front door, it's right there. When I wake up in the morning to pray, it's right there. I'm walking, I'm seeing it. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's just constantly before me. And see, at the end of the day, this is the goal. Apostle Paul said, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever is noble, whatever is right.
Whatever is admirable and pure and lovely and excellent or worthy of praise, he's saying to you today, think on these things. Renew your mind and your old way of thinking. Get rid of that and begin to think on these things. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I want to pray over us and ask God to, to help us. Each of us, all of us, wherever we find ourselves at today. Father, we come before you and we ask you, loving Father, to please get a hold of us, Lord. Fill us with a desire to seek you, your kingdom, and your righteousness. Help us, God, to enter into this process of renewing our mind with your word. Help us, Lord God, to think on the things that you've called us to think and dwell upon. Let our mind be renewed, God. Help us to passionately pursue your perspective for our mind. Help us, Lord God, to be renewed and transformed from the inside out, our spirit, our soul, and our body, that we would live to testify of your goodness in the land of the living, to testify your goodness in our life, how you changed us, how you saved us, how you delivered us, and how you made us whole through and through. We need you, Lord God, and we are asking that you would not allow us to remain the same any longer, God. Come, God, renew, God, restore, and God, deliver us, God. Help us, Lord, to become like you. Let us be transformed into the image of Christ. We thank you, Lord God, that you are willing and you are able to do abundantly above and beyond all, all that we can ask and all that we can think. Help us, Lord God, to glorify you in our mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. And with that, Pastor Martin, come and lead us in our tithes and offering. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Laura, for that wonderful teaching. It's uh, important that we renew our minds to the Word of God. As we transition to our giving, I want to make sure that I give you the scripture because it's always important to put our giving to the Word of God. Amen. The scripture I have this morning is Deuteronomy 16, verse 17. And I want you to listen closely to what it says. Hopefully you catch something in it. It says, every man shall give as he is able. Underline that. According to the blessing, according to the blessing, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you so what you're going to sow back into the kingdom of God God has already given it to you he's already blessed you 
You didn't have to do anything for it. I know some of you work and you work hard. But remember that God has blessed you with that job. God has blessed you with the provisions that you have already. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Amen. And so that's the scripture. I want you to look it over in your own time. Research it. Look at it like Pastor Laura says. Research it. My wife has scriptures around the house as well. We wake up to scriptures in the morning. That's important. The word of God brings transformation in your life. Go deeper. Go deeper like Pastor Laura says. Some of you may need a jackhammer to get through some of that hardness. Amen. That was, that was just a joke, amen. Well, pray, praise the Lord, amen. Uh, we have our debit machine that is available in the lobby, amen. They'll facilitate that for you that are giving by card, but we also have envelopes in back of your chairs that you're able to give that way. We have a box as well in the lobby that you can uh, deposit your uh, tithing in there as well. We can also give by texting chapel to 1-888-364-4483. Most of our family gives online already at chapelofchange.org. Amen. That's a good thing. And we have a few announcements as well. We have our Christ birthday offering coming up. Amen. That'll be the a weekend of December the 18th and 19th. It's an annual sacrifice. It will be used for our media, to build our media center up. Amen. We'll, it'll be used to edit videos. It'll be used for the radio program. It'll be used for worship videos as well. That's very important because those are resources that we can use to continue to help us grow. That's a good thing. Amen. And so prepare your hearts even now. Start asking the Lord, what, Lord, what do I give? toward your birthday offering what do I give from my heart but more importantly you ought to be asking this question God all that you've given to me all that you've given to me I just want to give back a portion of what you've given to me and that it be a good one amen I have a few announcements we have Pastor Sandy and Pastor Benny's installation ceremony coming up on the 12th of this month here at our Paramount campus at our 1230 service. But we also have the children that are going to be performing as well. Amen. And that'll, I believe that'll be on the 19th. I believe the children are going to be performing. So you have to listen. Your children are valuable. Your children are important. And as the ushers prepare themselves to receive the tithe and the offering from the men and women of God, I want us to pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. That you continue, Lord God, to provide for your people. As it says in your word, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given to you already. Father, we only give back to you what you've already provided for us to worship and to honor you in Jesus' name. As the ushers are released, thank you so much as Pastor Laura prepares herself to come back up in Jesus' name. Thank you.
want to ask us to stand to our feet as we prepare to dismiss. And if we can lift up our hands as a posture of receiving a blessing from the Lord. In the name of the Father who loves you and calls you his beloved. And in the name of Jesus who came to demonstrate how to think and how to live. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who empowers you to renew your mind through the word of God. May you go this week with the blessing and the protection of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, we have pastors at the altar who can pray for you one-on-one. -on -one. God bless you.